everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the So She Slays podcast. I'm Heather. I'm Chauncey. And today we have one of our good friends, one of our icons, literally one of the best people you ever meet, Stephanie Heath. And she is the founder, the guru of everything that soul work does. Please, Stephanie, tell us more about your wonderful, beautiful self. Hey, I'm Stephanie, um, founder of Soul Work and Six Figures, your personal recruiter. And um, I have a company that helps soft-spoken, um, introverted folks that um, are recovering people pleasers negotiate high six-figure salaries and land um, awesome you know, salary packages with mission-driven companies. So that's what I do. Oh Happy to be here. <laughs> yes. And we're actually like, we've known Stephanie for a while. And if you are new to our Instagram, um, she hosts what's called the workshop where she just kind of answers everything having to do with your career. Um, she's just kind of there to answer these questions and, um, is there as a resource, uh, for all of us. So she hosts those on our Instagram about twice a month. Um, but yeah, so we're super excited to have you on right now because, Right now, I know there's a lot of people who are looking for jobs. They're new to the job market. You know, um, I know graduation and people are kind of aloof right now. They're not really quite sure what to do with themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is true, though. People don't know what they're doing. Like, Heather, Stephanie, when you were 22, 23 from college, like, you didn't know what the heck to do. Like, we didn't know how to, like, get, we just went on, like, and I don't think Indeed was around back then. It was just like- I think it was I brand new. Yeah, it was like, it was like zip recruit. It was something like Craigslist. It was looking for jobs, like powering <laughs> through. Are you new through like a family friend who got you your first job or a family member? Like my dad helped me get my first job at his company. Like I was very blessed to have that. But like, can you imagine college students now like trying to find a job? Like it's so competitive. So mm-hmm. yeah, we need, like they need your insight. And people who've been in the job market for- years like myself and Heather like we still need help looking yeah, for a because job. well it's like yeah you're you're channeling and you're trying to jump into other careers so let's break this down Stephanie um if I am someone who is either re-entering or entering into this workforce like what other than like obviously I need to have a resume like what do I need what do I have to do Yeah, so if you are targeting competitive companies, right, you want to work at the TikToks of the world, the Goldman Sachs of the world, then I would suggest you do this. So first, get clear on who you are, which sounds kind of basic, but it's really not. Um, We have a free PDF guide on the website. We can drop it below, but it's um, a series of questions that are having you look um, at yourself, you know, what your degree was in, if if your current career doesn't match up with your degree, kind of revisiting that person that you were in college. Um, What do you like to do now? You've built this career, maybe you have two years of experience, maybe you have one year of experience. What are you doing in your role now that you like doing, um, but you wanna stop doing potentially, or what are you doing that you wanna do more of? So sitting down and asking yourself these series of questions so that you can understand who you are and speak about that intelligently on an interview. Um, So, you know, obviously we have a lot of college age or folks that are just graduating that are listening. You will set yourself apart from the other candidates on the market if you can speak to yourself as almost as if you're a business. So, you know, I started my career in this and um, through that experience, I learned that I'm best suited to do this. And um, you can also kind of, you know, speak to what your themes and your values are. So that would be the first step. Um, Maybe grab that guide or just, you know, have a friend that you talk through these questions with 
and then um, second, kind of craft that um, that work history that you have and uh, communicate it in the way of a story. So, like I said, I started from here. I learned this, and this is who I am now, and this is why I'm applying to these sort of roles. So. Uh, the companies that you're interviewing with can get a sense of some sort of intention in your career. And then lastly, don't have a vague resume. I know for a lot of us, we have lots of interests, uh, but it's really important that you have maybe two to three resumes if you're going to be targeting two to three different positions so that you really are getting these interview requests versus just applying with everything and then not hearing back. Um, mm -hmm. And then lastly, being able to talk about money and knowing when the negotiation starts, but we could talk about that a little bit later. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So true. Like this is so much good information because like, honestly, the idea of having three different resumes, like, I don't think of that. Like, I didn't think of that because you have di three different skill sets. And just to let everyone know, Stephanie is an icon just by herself. But like, honestly, like she helped me get my new job because her expertise, like actually deep diving into my own personal brand as a person and how I can reflect that on my resume, which I didn't think of the things I did was like quote unquote important but Stephanie's like this is like what you are good at like you need to highlight that so I'm just saying from personal experience Stephanie really does and her company really does work on finding your niche but also bringing highlighting who you are and what your great strengths are so just to let everyone know Stephanie is the real deal oh my gosh um what did so in that experience since we are going to talk about this this is like firsthand experience with Chauncey here um <laughs> what how did that process go about finding your own personal brand and your niches and what you're good at because I I totally get it like I mean what I do I don't really think of as like a skill set I'm like this is just what I do but <laughs> other people they're like oh no 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 that's a thing uh so let's talk about this how, how do we go about determining and finding this yeah just sitting down and taking some time ideally with um a mentor, someone that you respect that has more experience than you. Typically, if you're doing this with a friend that isn't in your line of business, they don't know what your industry is like, they can't really suss out those highlights from your background. But um, if you have someone that you know that's more experienced than you, that are, is doing the work that you're doing maybe you know, four years in advance, then having that conversation with them, you know, what, what have you been doing in this role currently? What are your major responsibilities? What else have you done? Um, outside of that, what have you brought to the team? What projects were you a part of that were super successful within the company, but you were a part of it, even if you didn't lead? And then just um, kind of breaking down what your day-to-day -day is. So what are you doing on a typical Monday? And through those questions, you're kind of unpacking what you normally do, what you're amazing at, what you won at this year. And you kind of come to that, wow, I didn't realize I've done all those things. And I kid you not, with every person that I sit down and speak to, they always end with that. With, I didn't even know. And so yeah I mean <laughs> you could start there I had no idea what I did I was like oh I she, Stephanie was like Chauncey no you do this and you do that and I was like well I oh yeah I do but I just thought that was just something like you know regular job qualities that people Everyone should knows. have but the thing is like Stephanie and her company really deep dives into like knowing how to present yourself on a resume and tell your story which is very hard to do on a resume because when you see a recruiter they just go through it real quick but like Stephanie and her company does such a great job finding that voice on paper for you, which I think is very, very rare for a company to actually deep dive and do. So we all appreciate that. 
Yeah. And if I could piggyback on that, um, if you are looking to work with career coaches or just anyone to do some work on your resume, try to find someone that was a prior recruiter, because the work that we do here is strictly sales and branding. Like we're using the keywords, we're adjusting job titles, we're doing everything necessary to make sure that you're getting these interview requests that potentially you know, like the average career coach or the college college administration person that's assigned to you wouldn't do. So even if you're not working with a career coach to or resume writer to um, write your resume, maybe you have a friend that used to be high that hires in her role, have them look over your resume and kind of pick out and just really think about as you're writing your resume, think about it from a branding and sales perspective. So flooding it with keywords. And like I said, you know, if your job title is project manager and you do some product work at that company, maybe about 30% and the roles that you're targeting are product roles, then you probably want to change your title to product manager and project manager. You know what I mean? So like thinking about those things so that you're actually getting these interview requests versus spending your money with like an administrator in your college to write your resume and you're not getting any, you know, interview requests because they're just... I don't know what they're doing, but it's not like branding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and, and that makes total sense because you are essentially selling yourself, you know, to, to these people to get hired. What are the top mistakes that you find a lot of people do when they're trying to, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and push like career coaching and, and, and resume, whatever on people, but it's like, I feel like there's, there's some solid mistakes people make that they don't even realize that they're making. Definitely, um, like I said, having a vague resume that you're using to apply to several different roles um, and having a vague LinkedIn profile. So LinkedIn is like um, a place where when you think about LinkedIn, it's basically you selling yourself into the role, like painting the picture of the role that you're targeting um, and making use of their algorithm. So making sure that you have a lot of keywords. Um, the first step, step that you want to think about is just grabbing the job description of the role that you're targeting or, you know, grabbing a three month old job description of an ideal role for you and using that to craft your LinkedIn and your resume. So like I said, with LinkedIn, they have an algorithm. You're going to want to make sure that you have all of those keywords that are in that job description on your in your experience section. You're going to want to make sure that you're going through your past history and adjusting your job titles as much as you can, just with that with an eye to the roles that you're targeting now without being dishonest, but, you know, putting that branding hat on um, the order of the bullet points, you probably want to put the more relevant bullet points that the company is going to be looking for at the top. Um, we could talk about how you're kind of showcasing your work. So let's say if you've done a lot of consulting work, you've been a, a contractor, you can combine that experience. So it doesn't look like you have a bunch of short stints. Um, and then with your headline area on your LinkedIn, you want to call yourself the role that you're targeting. You don't want to call yourself what you are currently. So again, we'll use that product and pro project manager example. Let's say you're a project manager at MasterCard. You know, you could say project manager at MasterCard and then have a slash that says product management and maybe the methodology that product managers use just so that you're getting that keyword hit. And so your profile's rising as um, recruiters are searching for your, for people like you. Also, the skill section is a really important place for LinkedIn, apparently. The top three skills need to be um, focused on the role that you're targeting. So for the average person, you guys aren't on LinkedIn. You jump on once every two years and forget about it. But when you're in your job search, you're about to start, you're going to want to go back in and grab that job description and adjust everything so that it's the perfect picture for that role. 
So LinkedIn has those three skills at the top that it creates for you based on, you know, your endorsements. You want to change that and put the three skills that are really relevant to that job description on top. And then the biggest mistakes that we see on the resume is that, like I said, they, you know, people just have their, you know, title. So let's say you're account manager, right? Um, and that also is similar to maybe like a customer success person and you are applying to roles that are the title is customer success you don't want to call yourself an account manager you want to say customer success and then maybe in that first bullet point um account managers um servicing the xyz team ensuring customer success so you still have a sentence that's nodding to your actual title but you're explaining why you're calling yourself a customer success person in the title um, another thing, and I won't ramble too long, is that, you know, for some reason, people feel that a long resume is negative for some reason. As a recruiter, we want to answer as many questions up front before we get on the phone with you as possible. So it actually benefits you to have a longer resume with as much detail as possible so that when they get on the call with you, it's like, oh, okay, I already know you've done all this stuff. Let's talk about fit. Let's talk about culture. And you're going to find that you're skipping interview rounds here. And um, whenever I have my friends, my network, and I speak to career coaches that are, again, like college administrator people or just, I don't know, career coaches, they say, have a shorter resume. But whenever I'm talking to my recruiter friends, they're like me, where we really appreciate the longer resume. So take that piece of advice um, so that you're skipping interview rounds and you can focus on that likability factor on the interview versus proving that you know how to do the job. So oh my that's, gosh. Those are the biggest mistakes that we see. Those are some mic drop moments there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Because I have always been told to have a short resume, fit it yeah. all on one piece of paper. A one-sheeter, so basically. Right. Everyone yeah. I talk to, I have to sell them into, no, we're making it really long. And I always see it proven because when I see my recruiter friends and maybe they are helping out, they have a small career coaching business. They do the same thing I do, where we have a really long resume, three pages that are answering questions in advance. You're never going to get knocked out of the process by having a long resume ever. So, oh my gosh, so. that's such a game changer. I had no idea. Yeah, um, neither did I. Holy crap. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I'm a little, I'm a little thrown here for a second. Uh, uh, so now that we kind of like touched on the resume part of it, let's, you know, kind of jump a little bit into the LinkedIn part. Cause you, you mentioned it a few times and everybody I talked to is like, oh, LinkedIn is like super important. It's super underrated. Um, so other than the general statement of how LinkedIn's underused and under, you know, valued, um, what do people need to have in, in their LinkedIn to like really stick out? I mean, we mentioned skills. Yeah. Um, so if you're a creative of any type, maybe you're on a marketing team or, you know, obviously creative type role. You want to make your LinkedIn profile kind of jazzy. You really want to think about the aesthetics of it. Even if you are someone, yeah, like marketing, any type of position where you, your sense of like your aesthetic taste is going to be important. Um, really think about that banner image. Have a really nice profile image. We all have Instagram now, so we're all mini photographers. You don't need to get like a branded photo shoot, but like have a friend take a photo of you in good lighting 
in the park with you with an off the cuff smile and then have a banner image that really speaks to who you are at your essence because again not to like freak you out but people will fall in love with you before they speak to you and and, and believe they know you just by what you're showing with like your aesthetic sort of taste on LinkedIn and that's going to benefit you right um and we could talk about how people end up just going with their gut and hiring the person that they can trust over the person that's more um experienced but you know we won't talk about that so really spend time on that banner image and that profile image and then in the summary section again try to make them fall in love with you or at least believe that they know you in advance by you know, putting on that copywriter's hat and not just having the LinkedIn um, populated summary. So say something like, you know, XYZ executive passionate about blah, blah, blah on my off time. I do blah, blah, blah. Um, that's super generic, but really like, um, I guess, starting off your summary section as if you're speaking about your um, professional abilities, but as if you're talking to someone. So using that sort of angle, if that makes sense. Um, that that's what I would say. That's the advice I would give for, um, I guess, creatives. Other than what I've shared already, that's something that kind of came up when you asked the question. Um, and then, yeah, there's there's more tips I can give about like mm -hmm. the contracting work and how to like bring everything together so you don't look short stinty. Um, I think most people know that if you have work that's outside of your the roles that you're going to be targeting, you may just want to leave it off your LinkedIn completely. So if you have seven years of experience, maybe get rid of your retail experience or, you know, if you were a healthcare admin, but you're targeting financial firms, get rid of that stuff just so that it's not so much you're using LinkedIn as this um, identical historical copy of your experience. It's a piece of like a sales tool. So just yeah. keep that in mind as you edit it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I am wondering now, uh, so we've kind of opened the door as far as like how to go about selling yourself in the like best way possible. Now let's get down to the nitty gritty and talk about money. Um, yeah. I know like when, <laughs> okay, so there's two aspects to this, uh, because I know Chauncey, when you and I like graduated college, we were, um, I think even just before our master's program, like, I don't know about you, but I kind of expected to like just grab a really top paying job oh, like I was did. so unrealistic about everything <laughs> because that but the thing is we I know we graduate when the recession hit like we were the graduates of the recession from like high school so when we went to college it was just like you know the job that you thought you're gonna get it's not gonna be that and the minimum wage at the time was like 675 in California so like if you got like a $14 job like you were hitting the, like you were great you were doing yeah, great work yeah, but like, yeah, of course, after high school, I'm sorry, after college, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be, I have a just degree in like advertising business. I'm going to be like on top of the world. And then that did not happen. I was working <laughs> a customer service job and it was, it was a great experience, but like, yeah, your girl thought she was going to be like, you know, the high rise when I was like 22. So yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's manage these expectations for people if we can, Stephanie, uh, those who are Please. just now graduating. How, how can we help life. them? <laughs> Please. So I will say the job market has changed drastically. Like, like you guys, when I graduated, we were in the recession and it's even, you know, it's, e it's even more sh like shaky now. Um, 
So my piece of advice for someone that's graduating now is to, if you are already graduating, if you're in college, definitely take on as many internships as you can. Like this is super important. So you have those relationships, you're proving yourself. And so that when you are applying for that entry-level role, you have experience to speak of, like, please do that. But let's say you've graduated already. Um, I, had, I just had it in the back of my mind. Hold on, what would I say? Mm-hmm. Um, you just graduated. Okay, your network is gonna be really important. So um, if you're someone that's introverted, my friend wrote a book, it's called The Confident Introvert, grab that. Um, but definitely learn how to talk to people understand that networking is just you making friends with people and seeing how you can help them while also just being straightforward with whatever ask that you're suggesting, like that you're asking them Um, and have that be your job for the first six months. So let's say you're applying to roles, maybe you're applying to roles three days out out of the week, three days out of the week, you also need to be trying to create a network for yourself. So letting everyone know that you just graduated, your mother's friends, your aunts, uncles, everyone really being that sort of quote unquote aggressive, pushy person to like, hey, you know, I'm looking for this, blah, 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 looking for that in whatever way you want to, because that's how you're going to get that first role now, especially. Um, The market is just really strange. We have folks that aren't even really looking, but they have their resume up and they're getting other jobs just because um, because of COVID, people kind of are like, well, what am I, what do I really want in life? And I'm not really happy with this role. And so we're just seeing that there's a lot more job seekers on the market than we have prior to this. So your network and just being able to really get people to take a chance on you is going to be how you get that first role. And it's way more, that's way more important than the companies that you're applying to, because I want to say like nine out of 10 times, that is what's going to be your first role. It's just someone taking a chance of chance on you and it's through your network. Um, so what, what could that look like? That could look like you joining websites like alpha.com, careercontessa.com, built-in communities, Slack channels, um, Fairy God Boss, other places that have really active forums. If you just graduated, potentially Facebook groups aren't gonna be that relevant for you, but let's say you have three or four years of experience joining a Facebook group for your specific role. Maybe it's like East Asian women in tech in the Bay Area, right? Like joining those groups and being active. You don't need to be like buddy-buddy with people, but just saying, hey, I'm, I'm discreetly looking right now. Does anyone have any leads? And like I said, really making this a part of your job search and your full-time focus at the moment. Um, And then again, if you are the person that just graduated, being able to go to those career fairs in person or virtually, you know, maybe you're sleepy one day and you sign up for a bunch of them and you're like, I don't want to go. Don't do that. Like have this be like your actual job, go and do as much as you can. Because like I said, it's not as straightforward as it used to be where it's like you apply and you get that rollback. It's like, I don't know, you're going through a monopoly chain of just like, I finally got this role because someone you know, said they know me, know me, know me, blah, blah, blah. Like it's not straight. I'm a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You have to actually like hustle. You got to hustle now more than usual. Yeah, you do got to work. And even even for the smaller roles, um, like, I mean, like I said, you know, a lot of people hop out the gate and they're just like, oh, you know, I'm going to go get this six figure job, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, well, you might need a little bit of more time to like marinate in this industry for a second before we right. hit that. Um, but 
the thing is, is that you, you can get that six figure job, but it's when you have those internships that, you know, have, you have that experience Mm. two years in of an internship, then you can, you know, graduate and get a 70 K paying job at Microsoft. I saw someone do it. You know, she also had other privilege working in her favor, but she worked her ass off, her ass off. And she had a lot of experience in her internship. So, so it's possible, but if you haven't, if you haven't done that, then, you know, you may not be able to hit that initially. So if you're a student and you're listening to this right now and you're not graduating this year, um, when do you start the process of preparing for what you're talking about? Sophomore year, every summer starting (laughs) from sophomore year. Like, Like, yes, every summer. Yep. Because you need to develop as a professional one. So let's say that first internship isn't what you want. Like you're going to go to law school. Eventually you want to start a legal role, but you get like an office assistant position through that role. You're going to learn professionalism, showing up at work on time, how to communicate in the workplace, what to wear email, like, um, politeness and forcing the word. Yeah. Yeah. So you're learning so much and you'll have that one internship, maybe three months, you know, if you, if, if you were like my person, I would have you do two internships in the summer personally, or just, you know, one in the summer and maybe one during another break. Um, even if it's just like a month, so two a year, and then junior year is when you really start applying to those internships. That's going to be the role that you're going to be targeting later on. So, and to be honest with you, you may be competing with folks that started interning in high school. So if you're that person that's targeting those like top level companies and you want that six figure position, you know, you, I would suggest that you do the work while you're in school. And what, okay. So here's my question to that. What do we say to the people who aren't sure what they want? Then that's fine. Then whatever looks good to you in the moment, get an internship in that or try, you know, we, I'm in my thirties and I'm thinking about pivoting. Um, you can pivot at any time. You don't have to be married to something. There doesn't need to be pressure, but what interests you now, right? What is your degree in now? What sounds exciting? And then do your best in that role. And at the end of the day, when you have four years of experience, five years, and, you, and you've already graduated and you have this interesting background, that's what makes the most interesting people, right? Like Google and Meta and these folks that are hiring on your, based on your character, not on what your resume says, like the, the top companies in the world, they're hiring interesting people that are self-possessed and take risks and have that interesting background, you know, where they spent a year in Spain or they were, you know, in a baking um, program and they decided that they didn't like it anymore. Like that's a real person, you know, they're the ones that are actually the most competitive or are getting the roles that everyone wants versus the folks that have that pressure from their family and they just do what their family says and they just have that slew of um, predictable job history. And then I found that after five years, they you know are very unhappy and they completely blow up their career anyway and do something different. So don't be that person and follow your interests as they come. Mm. That's such a great tip. That's, like, I mean, how yeah, else are you like, figure it out, right? And I think internships, especially like I started my internships in college, like I think junior, senior year, but the idea of sophomore year, like I could have had more experience to figure out what I wanted to do at the time. And like, and I could have saved myself from trying to change a major junior year. So like, I feel like taking internships, like, like you said, two or three or just a month internship is something that really builds as a character. And I also think it gives you experience on how to act in the workforce. Cause you know, like 
it teaches you how, like you said, how to dress, how to talk. Like that's something that you really need to have to be a successful employee at any company. Oh, agreed. We are like Chauncey and I are huge, huge advocates of internships. Uh, her and I did several in several. Some of our undergrad and our master's program. Um, it it's just really, really helpful. I, I can't express like you learn what you like, what you don't like. Um, it's it's like dating. <laughs> it's <laughs> That's like so dating. true. And it can uh, be fun too. It's not it like you know, yeah. Yeah, and, and agreed, like choose, choose the internships that, in positions that you're interested in, like in industries that you're interested in, because that's the only way that you're really going to find out if you are actually interested in that, or are you just like the idea of it? Or someone um, pressures you to do it, you know, like, like Stephanie said, like, you know, generational pressure, like you should do this, like role, you should do this, like, I've noticed a lot of like, you know, the Gen Z's, they're just doing what they want. And I love that because us, we grew up like, you have to do this degree. You have to do like You can't think of this. Like you have to go to this school or it's just like so many, like, you know, pressures that we put on ourselves. But I love that Gen Z, like they're out here just doing what they want and doing what they love. And I respect that. And I wish I had that when I was like in my twenties. Right. <laughs> right. I <laughs> uh, was not existing. No. Um, let's talk about negotiating uh, money. With- salaries and money and that kind of stuff um whether you're you know you're just getting hired or you're getting ready to ask for a raise how do we go about doing this because I know a lot of people won't do it so I'll go through the um so work methodology of negotiating our clients we're all soft-spoken people we are not confrontational we don't hard sell if you have that personality trait you can use this method um the first is to definitely research the market know what you can be making If you were our client, we would suggest that you find out what the top of the range is for your function and your years of experience in that city. And then ask for that or even ask for five to 10 to 15K more than that. And the company's not gonna look at you like you have three heads. What you're doing is just establishing yourself as a more pricier candidate, someone that's a little bit more high value. Um, and we want to negotiate from the top of the range because as a company negotiates you down, you still want to land at a good space. Um, so how do you do that? You do that by on that first call, potentially the company may bring up salary, ask you what your um, requirements are. Maybe they won't bring it up then, but whenever you have that first conversation, you can put your actress hat on and say, oh, you know, I just entered the market. I'm not quite sure. What would you recommend? You can, if you want to, if you're not that type of person, you're more direct don't just say, yeah, you know, I'm in a few conversations with a few different companies and I'm being considered for around X, Y, to X, Y, Z. And again, that range should be at the top and even more, maybe like 5k more. Um, so being able to come out with that number and then listening to their response, if they're like, oh, you know, wow, we should probably end it here. That's way above what we can manage asking them, you know, what is your budget? And if it's still within a range that you'd be happy with, ideally not more than maybe like 15k of a difference then just say yeah you know I'd like to continue the conversation as I mentioned I'm in talks with a few different companies Um, I definitely want to continue learning more about the role and um, we can maybe discuss that a bit later so that's something that you can go with and again don't get caught up on the language and having this like um, script more so understand that If you're interviewing with a recruiter or the founder of a company, they would agree. They definitely want to have the conversation again later. So it's in both of your benefit to talk about it later. So you don't have to enter the conversation thinking about 
if I say this, is it the right thing or not? Like release that pressure and just, as I mentioned, state the number or put the actress hat on, don't state the number and then have that conversation like a normal person and have it go to the next round. Like no one's trying to, there's nothing that you could say that will mess this up for you at this point. And then, you know, interview for us, for, you know, anyone that's in our world, we want to make sure that you're interviewing the company back that you're tuning into your gut and asking yourself, how do I feel talking to this person? Um, can I feel like I can be my whole self at this company? Am I safe to make mistakes? So that you can continue to show up in your highest version versus being that person that's like trying to prove their worth during the interview process. And then the second time you can expect a company to bring up salary again is gonna be around your final round, either right before or right after it. And that's when they're basically temperature checking and trying to persuade you to take the number that they want you to take. And that's actually when the real negotiation happens. And I would say that most people aren't aware of that. They think the negotiation happens after you get your verbal offer. It's at that temperature checking, that's like the hardcore negotiation. So maybe they'll say, oh, you know, we've been interviewing you for a few weeks. Everyone's in love with you. How do you feel? How are your other interviews going? You know, and I want to check in about salary. Are you still looking for XYZ? As I mentioned, we, we are looking around this range, but I'm gonna, you know, they may even try to help you. You know, I'm in talks with the manager, see if we can get a bump, but likely it'll be this, right? And that's when, you know, just take a deep breath, have a glass of water near you so that you're not, talking unnecessarily and just listen to what they have to say, right? Almost be sympathetic to them. Recruiters don't like to negotiate. Founders don't like to negotiate. They just want to make you happy, hire you and move on to the next role. So just be kind and listen. And um, for us, our method is, you know, restate your ask, say, um, affirm them, compliment them and be genuine. You know, I, I as well have enjoyed this interview process. You know, I'm in talks with a few different companies, but you are top of the list for XYZ reason. I love my conversation with Max and blah, blah. Like really spend time on affirming them from a genuine place and then share that. And, you know, as I mentioned, I am in a few different conversations and this is what they're considering for me. And that's when you restate the number. And so what you're doing is that you're blaming your number on the other companies that are trying to get you. It's not your fault, it's their fault. And you can even be apologetic about it. Like, you know, this is what I'd be considered for. And so, um, you know, if the company can come to that, come a little bit closer to that number or match it, I'd be a lot more comfortable in accepting an offer here um, if that could be possible. And that's when that person will either try to, you know, persuade you again, or they say, yes, you know, that's fine. I'll, I'll let them know. Because again, you're blaming it on the other companies you're interviewing with, not on your desires, your PhD, your master's, none of that. Um, and so let's say that they do try to come back in and persuade you and say, I appreciate that, but you know, this is what we have to work with. You know, we're a nonprofit. Since COVID, we had to let go of staff. Um, we just aren't the way we used to be, blah, blah, blah. With our, with our clients, we like to recommend that you have it go in one ear and out the other, because what they're doing is they're advocating for their company and their needs. And for you, you need to let that kind of just pass through you because your responsibilities to your needs. So just listen to what they have to say. Don't get wrapped up in the emotion of it. And then um, just affirm them again. Um, even say something like, you know, I appreciate you even being this transparent and I understand completely. And that's even one of more of the reasons why I'd like to accept an offer here. However, and that's when you restate your ask. And so that if that happens about two times, they're not going to push it again. They're going to try maybe at a later date, but they are going to go back to their HR, their VP of HR or their founder and try to get more money for you. And so um, that's it. 
Now, when you do get the verbal offer at that stage, you should not be negotiating like this. Like they know what you want and they've done the work on their on the back end to get you closer to that number. Now you can, um, you know, maybe take a week to think about it, talk about other aspects of the offer package. Um, but most of the negotiation should come come at the at the other conversation. So I'll stop here. But. Yeah, yeah, no, that's wow, wonderful. Holy crap. Um, that's okay, <laughs> that's yeah, I know, and it's it's very. I don't know. I'm loving it. I I feel like I've learned so much. Um, I know. Uh, so Stephanie, to wrap this up a little bit, where can people find you? Get a hold of you. What exactly does your company do? Because I feel like it it we can reinstate exactly what Soul Work does. Yes, please. Yeah. So our major programs are first the six figure catalyst. And that's for folks that aren't making six figures in their career yet. Maybe they have five years of experience, six years, seven years, um, and they want to get to that six figure range. Um, it's a 10 week group program. We usually have about four to five good people in the program that are all trying to get that role as well. And we work together for 10 weeks, rewriting your resume, your LinkedIn, holding several mock interviews and making sure that you get that offer at the end. The other program that we have is called the Career Catalyst. It's a one-on-one -on -one program with me. It's usually for someone that's targeting their first managerial role or their first director level role. And um, they are already at the six figure mark. And so they just want someone that can kind of help manage their job search, um, you know, handling all of their personal branding items, executive bio, et cetera. And um, like I said, giving them that mock interview and also that negotiation support so that they are able to get that role. Some of our past clients are first-generation Americans. English isn't your first language. Again, people that are introverted and soft-spoken. So those are our major programs. And if you want to just be in our community, um, I would recommend joining our Facebook group. It's a private group. I'm in there every week hosting trainings and workshops where you can ask questions about your job search, salary, self-esteem, mindset. We also have two co-coaches with both programs and in the Facebook group. One is a certified healing arts practitioner. She's an energy healer and she does all the woo stuff, all the mindset work or readings in the group. Um, and we have a 21 years experienced leadership strategist in the group who provides disc assessments, personality assessments so that you're able to use the language to really describe who you are in a professional way during your interviews. Um, so all of us will be there to support you. It's a free group. And um, otherwise, just jump on the website. We have a free resource library there with about 50 files, swipe files you can grab to help your job search. Oh, my gosh. The resources are there, people. The resources are there. <laughs> this is possible. It's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to just explore and, and get to know uh, what, you're, what you want and what you're going to be good at. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. And again, if you guys want, catch her on our IG lives about twice a month. She hosts the workshop and she just sits there and answers questions for a little bit about, you know, what's going on in your job search. So uh, thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Chauncey. Um, we're super excited to have you here, uh, Stephanie. And uh, until next time, Play Nation, thanks for listening.